Welcome to 45 Forward, the beginning of the rest of your life. Each week, host Ron Ruel and his guests discuss topics of interest to many listeners in their 40s and beyond, including retirement, caring for aging parents, health, lifestyle, and more. It's time to think ahead to the next half of your life, and we'll help you plan it with ease. Now, here is Ron Roel. Welcome, everyone, to another edition of 45 Forward, where our mission is to help you, our listeners, from Los Angeles to Long Island, age successfully, making your second half of life even better than the first. For many of us older Americans, retirement means a time not to retire from an active life, but to look forward to doing whatever we want, whenever we want. And that often means seeing the world unencumbered by work or family obligations. That plan, of course, was abruptly put on hold about a year and a half ago when COVID-19 kept us socially isolated at home and shuttered much of our economy, hitting the travel and hospitality industry particularly hard. In recent months, life has returned, sort of, to normal, but this new normal is still filled with a lot of uncertainty and anxiety as the pandemic has taken unexpected turns with the Delta variant and large persons of our population remain unvaccinated. Clearly, we're seeing a pent-up desire to travel, but how do we do so? when health requirements, government policies, and industry protocols seem to change from week to week. In today's episode, Bruce Frankel, the president of The Mindful Traveler, tackles the many challenges facing today's traveler, offering a wealth of sound, pragmatic advice, the latest technology, resources, and information, and ways to plan rewarding vacations while managing the inevitable things you didn't plan for. Bruce Ford entered the travel agency in 1989, so he brings a broad perspective of life experiences with a career that has included running retail storefront businesses and home-based businesses, as well as a 10-year stint in corporate banking industry, specializing in marketing management. He sees himself as a travel consumer advocate, working closely with clients like you to help them choose vacation options that are best for them, never mind what the reviewers and the pundits say on social media. In today's conversation, Bruce will outline the key steps of being well-prepared for today's shifting travel protocols, health and safety requirements, mask, testing, other documentation. And he will talk about the latest trends from small personalized bubble groups to self-drives country tours and city stays that focus on one urban location. Whether travelers are over 45 or under, Bruce's ultimate goal is not simply to arrange trips, but to help us create unique, endurance, enduring experiences that enrich our lives wherever we go. So now it's time to meet today's guest, Bruce Frankel. Bruce, welcome to the show. Well, thank you, Ron. I'm uh, glad to be here, and uh, I always appreciate your insight and uh, your subject matter, so this is a real fun time for me as well. Yeah, it's a pleasure to have you. Um, so, Bruce, you've had a lot of different experiences um, and going back to the, the late 80s in, uh, in travel, but let's just sort of dive in. There's a lot to talk about, so let's just talk about where we are today in travel. What are, what are some of the big things affecting you know, uh, travel today that we should be uh, you know, aware of and, and just cognizant of? I don't think there's any been more dynamic change uh, to, than what's happening right now. Um, if you look at what we're seeing, uh, clearly it's um, just a situation where the dynamic operating environment is like never before. Um, you've got situations continue to change constantly. How to plan for something is almost impossible because you can only plan for what is happening today, um, especially with the, you know a global pandemic. And it's just something that normally does not happen. And it's really impacted the travel industry more than anything else. Obviously, we've, you're all familiar. Everybody's seen all the, the, the horror stories of the change in the airlines, 
you know, people being restricted to where they can travel, uh, travel requirements constantly changing, whether you have people who are vaccinated, unvaccinated, uh, having to have maybe a, a COVID test uh, showing that you're negative for COVID, and then what type of test will the destination accept? Um, is there quarantine situations involved? Um, these things we didn't normally have to think about as much. Um, there's always been a, a little bit of an issue. Like, for example, a couple of years back, we had the, uh, the Zika virus. Uh, mm -hmm. It affected only a certain part of, of the, the world. This is affecting the whole world. Right. And so there's no place that's not being impacted. And as a result, uh, it's devastated completely right. the industry. Right. Yeah. And this on top of uh, climate change, which, you know, of course, is not happening differently every day. But, you know, it has it's sort of a double whammy in terms of things that you would have normally plan, planned in the past. Um, those options may not be there specifically in terms of, you know, you and I have mentioned before river cruises or you know, areas that that people should be aware of that that, that there is an impact from climate change. Absolutely. The, the, the you know, geography changes you know, based on, you know, temperature of the, the water environments and, and animals and, you know, they're impacted by that. The vegetation is impacted by that. Glaciers are melting. Um, so you have a lot of the geographic situation and then you have overcrowding. You've got population that's sort of exploding and you have people that want to see overcrowded situations. But the, but the climate change, I don't think people realize, you know, they, they don't realize the impact, whether it's, um, you know, even in even in uh, Florida right now with the red tide issues that they're seeing on the beaches or, you know, excessive seaweed issues in the Caribbean and Mexico where people just can't get into the water and, and are just shocked to, to find this is all something that is becoming more common and it's not an unusual occurrence. Right. So people need to really need to understand that there's shifts in, in the global environment that are going to impact different vacation destinations. Right. So, Bruce, how do you keep up with all these changes? I, I know that you have a lot of different resources. What things do you do every day to keep on top of it? And what other resources that do people have that they might check, you know, to find out what the latest is, and, you know, in terms of state uh, protocols and, and you, know, uh, you know, whether it's mass or what's happening, I guess, in Europe today, they announced that, that you know, that the uh, unvaccinated Americans may no longer be welcome in Europe, <laughs> for example. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, you know, one of the, one of the, the best tools, obviously, Internet's probably impacted travel better than any other industry. I mean, because sharing of travel, especially planning, is, is about information. So the more information that you have access to, uh, timely information, uh, the more successful you'll be in terms of understanding what to expect. So, you know, it's as far as the resources go, uh, you know, again, like you mentioned, I've been doing this for quite a while. So there are different resources, depending on the type of experience that you want to have, depending on the uh, destination where you want to travel to. Um, and then also as far as anything specific, because now you can customize the experience that you're looking for. So depending on what your personal interest is, you may want to research something, uh, you know, along those lines to do something very unique, you know, whether it's, you know, culinary tour or whether it's a bike tour um, where before it would just be a general tour. Now you can really have that opportunity. Right. Right. But yeah. as far as myself, I mean, I, I mean, I'm overwhelmed. I mean, I don't know how the average consumer does it. I mean, people will call me and ask me questions and, you know, and I, and I have to get back to them because it's constantly changing. So right. it's a matter of doing research, you know, and, and again, just staying current and also knowing that, you know, even though you research something, 
don't assume that's going to be the way it is in two weeks when you get ready to go on your trip. So a lot of times now, all the, you know, the tourist boards will have, you know, detailed information listed on their websites for entry requirements. But if you don't monitor that um, right before your trip, you could be in for a surprise. So again, a lot of good things are happening technology wise. You can register a lot of your destinations or where you're planning to go. Well, State Department has what's called a STEP program, where Mm -hmm. once you know you're going over specific dates um, and you put that in, they'd be happy to keep you updated of anything that they come across. But also you'll find that there are airlines and and, and other types of tour companies that will, if you put in requests for information, will keep you updated as well. Right, right. Yeah, so that's good to to know that, that there are these resources, but it's also good to have someone like you sort of watching, you know, them carefully because. Well, uh, yeah. And I, I got to say, there's a lot of misinformation too. Mm-hmm. So it, the problem, you know, of checking information is looking at those sources. Um, I always try to encourage people whether, you know, you know, you, you don't want to wind up on some uh, a chamber of commerce website promoting a destination without saying, Oh, come on down. Everything is fine. When the reality is that's not the case. So right. the more um, legitimate government, run type tourist boards are going to be your best source of information um, as well as really the, the major corporate travel partners. Right. Yeah. I think you've mentioned before to be one of the things you talk about the internet is valuable resource of information, but also, uh, well, misinformation, but also it's uh, information that's, that's uh, slanted in some way. So you mentioned, you know, when, when um, uh, you look at reviews of particular destinations you have to be careful about, what are the, the sort of the the, uh, the rules of reviewing and that that uh, sometimes people um, get rewarded by, you know, giving good reviews. So you should basically be very careful about, you know, looking at online reviews. Yeah. And and, and the example that you're giving is, is not uncommon where somebody will go to and stay at a resort. And when they're leaving the resort, they'll get a customer survey card to fill out. And then in, in that card, it'll say, uh, by the way, feel free to give us a rating on uh, TripAdvisor or Google and uh, for a chance to win a, a return trip. So people right. know that, well, I'm not going to write anything bad. Otherwise, I'm not going to have a chance to win this trip. So you'll get some of that. Um, but also, you, you know, you don't know the perspective of the person that's writing the review and what their expectations are. You know, it's, it's really interesting. You know, travel is an experience. With reviews, you know, product reviews are easy. Like if you're buying a refrigerator, you know, you can kind of look at a review, you can look at somebody's opinion and their experience and get some feedback. But a, an experience like a vacation, how do you even get a re- reference to it? I mean, somebody says, this is a beautiful sunset. What's a beautiful sunset compared to what? What's a beautiful beach compared to what? So based on that person's limited experience or their preference um, and they're partial to something, um, that's not necessarily what your expectations are. Right. And so that's why I always say that, uh, you know, you have to have a, a positive perspective based on realistic expectations to really have the best vacation experience. Right, right. And I think one of the, some of the things that you've talked about with me before in terms of my own vacations is that, you know, you really need to do your homework first about yourself, you know, like looking at these reviews and opinions of others. What do you want to do? You know, as you mentioned, a lot of times you you have a friend uh, you know, or a family member who went somewhere and they go, that was great. But then it's like, well, but what do you want to do? So I think that, you know, that's the first thing is what kind of vacation do you want to have? And as you've mentioned, who do you want to go with? What, what do you want the experience to be like? And will these other people you're traveling with want the same experiences? 
and that's a really important point. Normally when people are shopping a vacation, they think it's like, again, shopping a refrigerator, we'll just go online and look for something. Right. But again, taking that step back and saying, okay, which, you know, if I'm, if I want to have a tropical Island experience, you know, I mean, I'm going to narrow it down, which Island, and just because somebody said they enjoyed that experience doesn't mean necessarily you. And you're right. Who are you traveling with can make all the difference in the world. So if you're having a shared experience, um, and and even now, so whether it's you know it, it's a, you know a, a personal relationship that you're with, or a bunch of friends, or or a multi generation uh, situation, which is real popular right now, you want to see that it's really something that accommodates everybody and is going to have a good experience. So it's uh, probably more important than ever. Um, but clearly, I mean, that the, the amount of consideration time wise. I mean, how much, you know, some destinations, if you only have a short period of time, don't do it. I mean, some places require more in-depth time to get there. Um, so you don't want to rush through the experience and you need to make sure that you have a, a given number of days and also the time of year you travel. If you're mm-hmm. limited to the time you can travel, as most people in this country are, travel around the school calendar, you're really limited, you know, to, to certain types of things too. So that makes a difference. You know, for example, you know, you want to go to Alaska, you can only go through, you know, May from September. It's not something you can really do uh, to the full extent um, in uh, other parts of the year. So you'd have to look at that. And of course, budget makes a big difference. You know, it's uh, what, you know, and everybody's got a, an unlimited amount of money. And then, and then you want to look to see what's the best value that I can get for my travel dollars. And then with the experience, I mean, obviously there's a difference between a budget property and a luxury property. And if you're looking for something really fancy, you need to be able to prepare for that. And that's really where talking to a travel professional um, can be a really an important aspect because sometimes I'll talk to a client and say, hey, you know what? You really want this nicer experience? Well, maybe we just take a few days less. So that way you can take the same amount of you know, funds and use it you know, to get the quality that you're looking for. Right. Right. Yeah. Just uh, going back for a second to what you're saying about who you travel with um, and what you're doing with that person or that, those people. I, I think that's really been a key, you know, for me and, and some of the people, I, my friends who, you know, is it, making sure that you want the same travel experience or similar, you know, because I have a friend who, you know, he, he just described me a vacation that, that he went on with, you know, a good friend. I mean, these were really good friends, but, that doesn't mean you're going to be good travel friends <laughs> because you might want a different way to, you have different expectations of travel, even though you may be friends in general. Um, and then the other thing that along with that, as you started to touch on is the, 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 you know, the tendency to, to over plan, to try to do too much. I think that's something that I've had problems with some of my own vacations where I'm like, Oh, I'm coming, you know, I'm going someplace, you know, and so I better make, make the most of it. And, you know, I just, you know, you overplan and you're not miserable, but you're just rushed, you know, and you're not, you can't really enjoy it because you, you know, on to the next thing, you know. Yeah. And I, and I see that happen on a regular basis, especially people who want to, you know, do a self-drive, you know, vacation and they got their map out and they're mapping every stop they're going to take and they're going to see as much as they can, you know, each day, assuming that they can drive as much as they think they can. Right. And then, okay, jump in the car because we got to get to the next spot. <laughs> right. and, and they're not really enjoying the experience. Right. And then I've got, you know, people that have probably never been to an all-inclusive resort. And they say, okay, we're going to this all-inclusive resort. We're going to spend a week there. And we're going to do all these things, all these excursions off property. And when they come back, they never left the property. So it's <laughs> like, you know, it's, 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 you know, you have to understand what you're looking for and what to, what to really expect and narrow it down. Focus on the things that 
are most important because those are things you don't want to miss. And there's a lot of good, pleasant surprises that you'll discover along the way. So when you're looking at a trip like any of these types of situations, you know, what are the, you know, the one, two or three top things you want to do? And that's really what I would focus on. Right, right. Yeah. And as I think about, you know, my various vacations over the years, as I remember the vacations, you know, um, there really are just a couple of um, moments, you know, or days of those vacations that were really memorable and you needed a little bit of time and some of them t- unexpected, yes. you know? Um, so you need to be able to take that time to, 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 you know, relish those moments and not worry about, you know, getting to the next part of your, your trip. Um, and, and I think when you're, when you're planning your, your trip, that's one of the things you want to look at your previous trips. You know, what did I like? What was a good experience for me? And what was a bad experience for me? Mm-hmm. So that way you can anticipate what to expect going forward as well. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, uh, I remember, uh, you know, one particular vacation, I, I went through England and Scotland, and uh, it was a three week vacation. And so we did a lot of things. But, you know, when, uh, when I thought back, what were some of the memorable moments? Well, the top moment for me was when I was visiting Stonehenge. This was at a time when you could get really right next to the, uh, um, the, the boulders. And, you know, it was extraordinary. And then it was, uh, but it was a sort of a miserable day. So we, we went back to the B&B we were staying at. And then we, and then at the end of the day, though, it cleared up. And we went, we drove back to the, the Stonehenge. And there was this am- amazing, magnificent sunset. And it was that moment of seeing, you know, the sun through, through the boulder, the, the boulders, you know, that was really like this exquisite moment, like, wow, this is really something. So, yeah, waiting for those unexpected moments and just taking some time to savor them. So, um, yeah, and, it, and it's funny because when I, uh, whenever, you know, the client comes back from vacation, one of the first things I'll, I'll want to have a conversation with them, but I also ask them to send me a, a picture from their trip. Right. So hold and on, hold on to that thought. We're going to, we're going to get right back to the picture. Fair the enough. But we're going we're gonna to take a short break. But folks, there's much more to come with Bruce Frankel of The Mindful Traveler. So don't go anywhere. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. A brave heart is anyone with the courage to be of service to others. If you have that courage, then Brave Hearts Radio with Brian Reingold is for you. Even if you aren't yet, you'll want to still tune in to get inspired, create your own story to share, and change your life for the better. Listen to the stories of service and courage shared by amazing guests and your input, too. Listen for Brave Hearts Radio, Mondays at 4 p.m. Eastern Time and 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Remember, doing good anywhere does good everywhere. Want to play the ponies and win? At Winning Ponies, we go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, and handicappers. The Winning Ponies Radio Show with John Englehart, racing's regular guy, is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. Catch us live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. Win prizes just for calling in. You're listening to 45 Forward. To reach Ron Roel or his guest on the program, please send an email to ron.roel at gmail.com. That's ron.roel at gmail.com. Now back to 45 Forward. 
Welcome back, folks. We're talking today with Bruce Frankel, the president of The Mindful Traveler, a professional consulting service designed to help people plan meaningful vacations as part of enhancing their life experiences. So before the break, Bruce and I were talking about, you know, the, sort of the best and, and lowest, you know, points of travel. And he, we were talking about, you know, he asked people to, to send people, you were saying, Bruce, send me a picture of your last vacation. Yeah, it's always interesting to see what people will will, will share with me, and it's mm-hmm. and what and what those best moments were. Just like your experience was talking about, you know, Stonehenge in terms of just catching the right light, the right moment, um, or it could be savoring the right meal, the right sipping the right glass of wine, right, um, or seeing the most beautiful painting that you've ever seen, couldn't imagine, or you know, you hear about, gee, you know, Sistine Chapel is beautiful, but until you're standing there, there's no way you can can really, you know feel that experience or capture that right so it's uh so yeah that's uh that's why people travel i mean so it's it's an important aspect for sure yeah 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 another moment i remember is when i was uh with my wife traveling uh we were um uh she she was already in italy on a, on a bike excursion and then i met up with her and um then we went up to i met her and, and came from rome up to florence and then we we were watching we were looking at um you know, the a statue of, you know, uh, Michelangelo's David, yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> and uh, this was again before, you know, you had to be, it was sort of blocked off. You couldn't get really close because of, you know, people doing things. Uh, but I remember looking up and going, wow, it's looking at, at, at the sculpture and thinking, what was David thinking at this moment? You know? <laughs> it was just it was an awesome experience. So, yeah. So, look, you know, it was just, being prepared for these unexpected moments and, and saving them when they come. Yeah. Know? And that's why we travel. I mean, what we're talking about now is the, the, the reason behind, you know, why, why this is an important part of our life, why we need to experience other cultures, experience other types of, you know, geographic or, you know, man-made type things that just, you know, we know about, but until you're actually there, you, you can't really relate. Right. To it. So we can, I mean, I guess, there's some use uh, during the pandemic, right? There were these virtual travel tours, which were of some use, right? I mean, at least they give you a, a taste I think, of it. Yeah, again, I think, you know, one of the enhancements with travel is technology. And technology mm-hmm. allows for a lot of really good additional information to be shared. So the virtual tours are excellent in terms of giving people a perspective. It's not giving you the true vacation experience. I wouldn't say that's the way to take a trip to Hawaii uh, through a video, but I think that you can look at the different beaches, you can look at the different resorts, you can look at different room categories in a hotel. Right. And say, hey, this is this is this will work for me. This is not big enough. Um, I can see what the lobby looks like on a cruise ship. You can see what the theater looks like, what the dining rooms look like. So it's really excellent that people, you know, and then I encourage people to do that. And, you know, whether it's, you know, videos that are put out by the travel company or whether you find them on YouTube or, or where people post them, it's, you can get some sense of feel from those tours. And there's a lot of people now that are documenting type things and will show different experiences. Uh, I mean, there's just probably more, you know, on the cooking stations, there's more travel shows than probably cooking shows. Right. So you, you've got all kinds of things like that. But again, going back to the to how things have changed, as you mentioned, you can't, you know, things with, with COVID now will never be the same again. Um, so there will be more restrictions. There'll be a lot more restrictions going forward, uh, both in terms of health protocol, but in terms of limiting the size of and touring things, you'll have to register to see certain things ahead of time. Um, and uh, and limit the crowds and and know when things are going to be available when they're not. Right, right. So let's uh, 
just segueing from that, Bruce, let's talk about some of the some other pragmatic stuff. Like, what should you, what should you prepare for for the unexpected? Or, for example, if, if things go wrong, are there certain precautions you can take? Uh, certain, you know, like travel insurance, things like that. Yeah, that's real important. Of course, the number one thing is documentation. You want to make sure you have the proper documentation. So, you know, people will say, "Well, I've got a valid passport," but the problem is, a lot of places require your passport be valid beyond a certain date. So that whether it's three months or six months mm. after your tr- planned return, they want to make sure you have that. So you need to check your documentation. A lot of people will not assume they have it and it's not correct. Um, now the documentation is even more important when you talk about uh, having COVID, you know, negative 19 t- uh, tests. Uh, what uh, some require five days out, three days out. Some require PCR tests. Some require tests done at the airport. I mean, so there's a whole variety of requirements there. Um, and you want to have copies of everything. You want to mm-hmm. have copies of your, your vaccination card. You want to have copies of your, your passport. Even if you have it with you, put it in your suitcase so you have a backup. Mm-hmm. Um, so that kind of stuff is really important as far as the documentation. As far as planning for the unexpected, I mean, I think, again, you know, you've got to read the documents that you have. You've got to look at the terms and conditions mm-hmm. of every tour company and every airline. You know, what are the cancellation policies? What are the change policies, refund policies? I will say um, I've been very impressed with the travel industry as a whole in terms of how they were flexible with their uh, changing of policies, uh, refunds and, and, you know, letting people have future travel credits to use. And so they didn't lose their money um, and they could still plan for a future experience. So that's that, those are reputable companies. And I think that's an important thing. You want to look for companies that have that kind of um, criteria and you can find them, whether it's through the USTOA, uh, United States Tour Operation, or through uh, CLIA, which is a cruise line international association. So they, they kind of monitor the quality of those types of organizations. So you're traveling with the right organizations. But then travel insurance is becoming a real big item. It always mm-hmm. was, um, especially for international travel, um, especially you know when it comes to major medical and medical evacuation, people's health coverage in the United States doesn't cover you outside you know the United States. So even basic policy plans just to for you know have that coverage is, is crucial. And but now there's so much more detail involved as well. Will this cover me for COVID specifically? Right. Mm-hmm. And 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 well, if I get COVID one way, will it cover my quarantine cost? Uh, will it cover you know my guests that's staying with me um, if I get sick before I go? Um, will it will I get a refund or will I get a future travel credit? So there's a lot more you know specific questions that people really need to know, ask, and and just make sure they're clear and understanding. Because it's 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 getting more complex, and and there's a lot more. You're finding there'll be a lot more legal things being uh, documented as well too. Mm. Uh, travel vendors want to make sure that you know it's clear to the consumer. The consumer knows what it is. Um, there's no uh, false expectations. You know, people. You know, that's why everything's got to be done in writing, and uh, you want to make sure mm. that you know you have that well documented. Right. Right. Yeah, it's come a long way I, since, uh, yeah, I guess it was the mid-90s and my wife and I were, you know, um, uh, planned a trip to the Galapagos and we were really looking forward to it. There was only one problem that, uh, you know, that um, she she got pregnant. <laughs> so it was good that we had travel insurance, you know, because that covered most of the of the, the, cover, the cost of the trip, you know. But, uh, you know, and, and now we, there are myriad things to worry about. 
you know, that you, you have no idea what could happen. Um, and, and that's a great example. I mean, it's, there are things that happen there. There you can get coverage for, you know, uh, can, you know, a cancel situation where, because your employer tells you, you can't go on vacation, you know, at the last minute, you know, you want to, there's coverage for that. There's coverage for almost anything today. Um, if, if you're looking for it as well too, but, you know, again, I think that one of the things also that's changed too, is I, I highly encourage people never to pay for a trip, you know, with a check or cash, you know, always use your credit card. Um, when you, when you're purchasing any kind of travel, uh, with the fair credit laws in this country, you're still protected even somewhat, you know, if something should go wrong, um, um, often that will be a protection that will come in handy. Right. And you mentioned to me too, that one of the tricky situations is, is getting flights, you know, um, obviously things get canceled, but uh, also that they're, the airlines, there's, they're going through a lot of change too, in terms of where they fly to and where they decide not to fly to and where they, you know, so they're changing a lot of their routes, right? Yeah. The, 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 the I've never, I have to say, I'm not a big fan of the airline industry and how they operate, you know, once deregulation came, Mm-hmm. Um, and I was back, you know, when I saw deregulation, it was actually logical. You know, you can go to a place, the further you went, the more the price of the ticket. Not necessarily anymore. It's cheaper now to go across the country than it is to go halfway. So depending on the popularity of the city or depending right. on, on the number of flights, depending on who the other airlines are competing for, you know, that same traveler. So it's not logical pricing in the way that people are used to with yield price management it can be kind of uh, a challenge for people. You'll see prices starting at, and you can look at a price for a ticket. First three passengers, they pay one price. The next passenger, well, that class of service is sold out. Now the price is going up for the fourth passenger. Wow. So it's, you know, you, this happens on a frequent basis. Mm-hmm. And so you'll see a lot of that changing of connecting flights, you know, smaller airports will have much more frequent flight changes, schedule changes than your larger airports will. Um, so it's really important that, you know, I tell people, if you can stick with your larger, you know, uh, airports, because that way, if the case of a flight schedule change, you're not going to be as much disrupted. Um, and it's um, so don't the secondary series is definitely getting hit. We're seeing the change in the industry now where they they'd much rather go out with just larger aircraft. Um, they get some, the revenue per passenger comes out better. And then, as you mentioned, the staffing issue has been a big problem throughout the whole travel industry right. when the, the pandemic hit and travel was shut down, thousands and thousands and thousands of people laid off. They just don't flip a switch and they come back. They come back on, they have to be trained, um, they have to be recertified, some don't come back. And then there's also coming back to a very uh, challenging and dynamic situation. You know, working all the time with a mask on is not the same as working without one. Mm -hmm. Having to handle disputes with people because they don't want to put their mask on is not something that, you know, a flight attendant really wants to deal with. Mm -hmm. It's becoming a very unruly situation. And people need to, you know, again, like I said, we talked about this, the right frame of mind. You know, you've got to be patient. These are challenging times. And, you know, people need to respect one another. Um, you know, it's hard to do social distancing on an airplane. Mm-hmm. And so you've got to be respectful and you've got to really treat people properly. Right. Yeah, that's one thing that I remember we were talking about this uh, the other day about, um, you know, we, we, we're living in challenging times in lots of ways. And I think, you know, even, you know, politically, socially and so forth. And, uh, you know, when you travel be on good behavior. <laughs> you don't yeah, need to you, get you don't have to advertise, you know, that you're wearing, you know, you know, a, a mega hat, you know, that's real bright red or you have my Black Lives Matter t-shirt on that day. You know, it's just sometimes easier. You don't want to make statements, political statements that necessarily could be interpreted by the person next to you. Like, I don't like this person because 
of what they're wearing. I mean, so right. it's kind of crazy. We live in tough times right now. And it's, you know, and people get very hostile and it's not, not really good. You know, it's, it's a shame because, you know, it's, uh, you know, the fact that some of the recent airlines have come out and said, yeah, you know, we have to stop selling alcohol on flights because it's getting too unruly. But, you know, it, the, vacationing is such a great way for humanity to come together. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I know I've seen this happen so many times where people get on a cruise ship. And as soon as they get on a cruise ship and everybody's getting on a cruise ship, they're talking to one another. Right. They won't talk to their neighbors, but they get on a cruise ship, they'll talk to total strangers and, uh, you know, and they'll, they'll take their pictures, they'll get to know their names, they'll become friends. And, it, and again, it's, you know, just because you're in a different environment, make the most out of it. And right. that's really what the travel, you know, vacation experience can really provide for you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, you think about it, you're not, you're now, you're a guest in the world, you know, and, you know, you know, act like a guest and appreciate, you know, uh, you know, have guest manners, you know, and accept that from others. And I think that, I think you're exactly right, Bruce, in terms of, you know, um, you might not know someone, but, you know, you sit down with them and you, you share an experience with, you share a meal with them and you break bread with them, you know, you spend time with them and you get to know them, you know, and I think that's, you know, so that's another sort of enriching aspect of travel, um, you know, obviously going with people you like and know, but also meeting people you don't know and, and get to like or get to appreciate. And it's a wonderful experience. I mean, people meet people they never would have met any other way. Right. And from different parts of the country, different parts of the world, and they become friends. And then they get it's a whole opportunity, again, just meeting new cultures and just experiencing it. So, yeah, I think it's it's that's one of the benefits by far. And that's, and that's one of the benefits of group travel. You know, as people sometimes say, oh, well, I don't want to be in a big group, but, you know, in that big group environment, you're going to find somebody that says, hey, you know what, this person and I have something in common and we can go off and do something and really, you know, really appreciate one another. Right, right. Yeah, I remember <laughs> going back to a trip that I had in uh, with that first trip in England, Scotland. Another kind of funny moment was I was in Edinburgh toward the end of the trip, you know, with my two buddies and we were in a pub having a you know, a few pints. And, uh, you know, I, this was quite a while ago. So in my, you know, my generation, you know, we were all wearing flannel shirts at the time, you know? And so, uh, I was wearing this flannel shirt and this guy comes up and he goes, well, you must be, uh, in the McClanahan uh, clan, you know, I recognize that tartan, you know, and I looked at him and I didn't <laughs> know what he was. I said, well, listen, you know, I gotta be honest with you. I bought this in, in the United States and, uh, that's perhaps true. I'm not sure that uh, the manufacturers of this shirt really knew that, you know, and he looked at me and he big broad smile and said, well, that's the first time I've heard Americans say that they don't know what they were doing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's true. You know, uh, yeah, it was funny. And we just laughed at me and we, you know, bought each other beers for the night. It was just sort of a very, you know, way to break the ice and really just, you know, recognize different cultures. And it was a real, you know, real unexpected, you know, and obviously, I remember, you know, 40 years later. You know? Yeah, the, the, the pub experience, no matter where you go, is always a treasure. Um, it's something that, you know, like you said, breaking bread or just sharing a brew with one another. And it's always fascinating to see, you know, you go to you go to you know, a pub in Dublin, for example, and, you know, right away, you know, you know, the, the local people who are impressive want to drink Budweiser and all the people come from out of town are drinking, you know, Guinness. And so, you know, it's always interesting who wants to drink what. And uh, right, right. So you, can have a, you can have a good conversation on that. But right. yeah, it's, it's just, um, you know, we just don't travel enough. I mean, mm-hmm. I think that's the sad part, you know, even, you know, even in the United States domestically, 
you know, we, that's part of the problem we have right now. You know, you, you see what's happening in different parts of different regions, different philosophies. And, and it's, it's, you know, once people get to know one another, you know, it, it really is more enlightening and it's a great experience. So, you know, living in the South for somebody coming from the North, they have a certain mindset of what they think it is. It may not be what it is. Mm-hmm. And uh, the same going reverse. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, one of the things I wanted to talk about is uh, as we go into the, the our last segment, I just wanted to start off a little bit um, um, is, um, you know, traveling, in, you know, in groups, but then traveling, you know, solo. And one of the things you mentioned to me at one point was saying when you travel solo uh, and by the way, we, you know, uh, one of my, next week's show, I'm going to have a, just an encore show of a woman I had um, a pre- on a previous show named uh, Carol Merrick, who bat- talked about aging alone um, and how you do that successfully. So um, your, what's your suggestion? A lot of people are, you know, traveling solo these days. So what, what are your thoughts about how to do that? Yeah, I think, it, I think that's a great situation. And I think that, you know, in the past, you didn't have the opportunities that you have today, much more opportunity. And I think in the past, you know, everything was based on double occupancy. And if you were going by yourself, you had to pay double the price. Um, so now you find a lot more opportunities for single individuals uh, to get, you know, uh, single supplements, which will be less expensive than a double, maybe a little bit more than a single that shares a room, mm-hmm. but still there's more opportunities with that than ever before. Um, and then there's just ways of finding partners to travel with. Um, uh-huh. there, there are companies now that will, will help match people up based on interests and saying, we've got a group of singles. Here's what we're going to do, you know, shared interest. Um, and again, it could be a group of people. It could be a, something that they share in common. It could be, you know, you know, certain, you know, women travelers that went to a mm-hmm. spa experience um, or, or do something like that, you know, and, and they have the opportunity to. Great. Great. Okay. So we're going to take another break, uh, but don't go away, folks. Uh, we'll be back with much more from Bruce Frankel in our third segment. So uh, don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. Do you want to hear a show about football? How about football moms? What if we told you that was just a start? Tune in for Double Down with Garrett and Mack. Audrey Garrett and Jeracy Mack are moms to some well-known NFL players. Sure, they'll talk football and raising their kids to achieve greatness, but they'll also talk about community and world issues, motherhood, news, and lifestyle topics. Listen in every Monday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you checked out Teen Wealth Radio? It's a show for teens, their parents, and educators. Hosted by Brandy England. Along with regular weekly contributors, Teen Wealth Radio will cover the topics that teens need to talk about. Plus, we discuss a book of the week and a movie of the week. And each show will offer a challenge to our teen listeners that they can share on our private Facebook group page. Be sure to tune in to Teen Wealth Radio. Live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific, on Voice America Variety. You're listening to 45 Forward. To reach Ron Roel or his guest on the program, please send an email to ron.roel at gmail.com. That's ron.roel at gmail.com. 
Now back to 45 Forward. Welcome back, folks. Uh, we're here with Bruce Frankel, the president of the Mindful Traveler. Uh, now, before we continue with our conversation with Bruce, I wanted to mention that you can find out much more about him by going to my website, roelresources.com, R-O-E-L, resources.com, clicking on the 45 Forward tab. And you can find out much more about Bruce's mindful approach to travel by going to his website, www.themindfultraveler.com. So, Bruce, uh, before the break, we were talking about different, um, you know, options for travel uh, coming up. But before we get into those specifics, why don't we talk a little bit about the, uh, you know, what the digital health pass that people need to know about? Yeah, I guess it's a hot topic. Nobody right. wants to do a, a, you know, I, I'm not going to do a, a vaccine passport concept. We, we heard the, the talk about that. And, and the reality is um, you're going to do that. It's not going to be a passport per se. It's going to be a digital application of some okay. sort. So it's, I call it a digital health pass. There's different companies in different countries that are rolling it out where people have to upload, answer some basic questions, upload their documentation, and that clarifies where they can go in. And you're seeing that in, you know, in New York, people going into restaurants, they have to, you know, show, you know, their QR code to get in. And so mm-hmm. that's going to become standard. I, I don't see where unvaccinated people um, are going to have really much of a choice of where they can go. It's limited. You can go to Florida. I mean, they, they love unvaccinated people. But as far as uh, people with vaccination, how are you going to prove it? And just because you have a car, you know, card that anybody can forge, um, that's why it has to be some sort of regulation in terms of a, this, you know, kind of a, this digital health passport is, is probably, you know, an application where people can verify it ahead of time, right. you get a clearance on it. And that way you can just, you know, not have to stand on a long line. You show your QR code, you let get a scanner, and then you just go on with the way. And, and it keeps people updated. And it's a great tool for the countries as well as the travelers. So they can keep track and provide you with information as well, too. So yeah. it's just something that, you know, people need to get used to the concept. Right. But it's, it's, I think it's just like we have uh, the TSA, we're going to have these digital health passports. Right. Now, who would produce those, Bruce, with that? Well, that's, that's really being discussed at this point in time. There mm-hmm. is no universal um, aspect to it yet. So individual countries, for example, if you go to Canada, uh, now that they require vaccines, they have their own app. Um, different countries do. Um, and then there are different uh, airlines have their own apps. So I see. it's going to be interesting to see who's, whose apps becomes the most popular. And uh-huh. that's uh, since the government doesn't want to take a stand on it and, and develop it, it's going to be done by the private sector. Right. Right. So we'll have to see who becomes the next Zoom of uh, <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. That's exactly yeah. what's going to happen. Yeah. 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 So let's talk about just some, a little bit more about the impact of, um, of COVID on the types of travel. And one, one of the mentioned, uh, the options you mentioned to me is increasing the popularity of what is called bubble tours, which I think is a great thing. Yeah, as it has, has come, it, it really is. It's, it's a great thing that came out of uh, COVID where in the past we used to have large groups going somewhere and because well, no, you know, can't travel large groups anymore. And, and this whole concept of the bubble really came about where when people were starting to get together, uh, who, before they were vaccinated, people are not vaccinated. How do you form your own little bubble, your family bubble? Mm-hmm. Well, people quarantine together, if people socialize together, they're not interacting with other people, then you have you know, pretty much your own social bubble. Well, mm-hmm. you can travel with that bubble. And there are tour companies now that will, will actually coordinate that for you. So you've got mm-hmm. six to eight people, you pretty much can have your own tour. Um, wow. It'll be follow the same thing of a, a larger you know, group tour, but they can customize it so that it's maybe instead of a, you know, a motor coach, it's maybe a van. And instead of having a tour guide, you, which you can have, you could also do a self-drive. 
And so we're seeing a lot of these opportunities for those types of situations. And you could do it both, you know, land and, and sea. you could take a, you know, river barge, you know, through the canals of, of Europe and just have six or eight people on there as well too. So mm-hmm. we're seeing a lot more of that. Um, and I expect that as things go forward, people do enjoy that, you know, camaraderie and, 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 and as far as the experience, it's finding the same six or eight people that want to do something like that, but it's uh, becoming very popular. And then like we talked about the social travel, solo travel rather. And then, um, you know, you've got the opposite end, which is the multi-generational group where mm-hmm. you've got grandparents want to take the kids, the grandkids, um, becoming much more common. They don't get to see each other. They're in different parts of the country. So it's easy for them to pick one common spot. Let's all meet on vacation. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's a great experience. They love it. They share it. Um, and so that's been something that's uh, becoming more frequent. And you find that there's certain cruise ships, there's certain tour companies, there's certain resorts that will cater to that type of experience and provide something for all ages so that people can do things individually and then do things collectively at the same time. Right, right. Um, so uh, these self-drive tours, how do how do they work in terms of is there's they basically have a certain like lock in a time period, like a week, and you say, um, you know, you you uh, have a certain number of opportunities to do things during that time, or how does that work? Self-drive is a wonderful experience, and it's and it can be done in so many different ways. They, you know, people will normally go out and say, okay, I, I'm going to rent a car and we'll explore this country or this state. And I'm going to take a week or 10 days or two weeks and I'm going to pre-plan. Sometimes they'll pre-plan and and have all the lodging mapped out um, ahead of time and know which places they want to do. Um, You know, Ireland, again, I mentioned that because that's a great example of where, you know, they've got the best self-drives you can. They they have all kinds of options. So you can have somebody who's experienced, if you're new to the area, map out for you the bed and breakfast that might make the most sense. Or they could say, you know what? We'll give you vouchers that mm-hmm. you can prepay in advance. Your whole trip is paid for. You call the, the you just figure out where you are. You can call ahead to the next night and say, hey, we'd, we'd like to stay there. Do you have room for us? And they'll take the voucher. So it's the self-drive is really becoming, and, and it's not just driving. It's There's walking tours now that are independent walking tours that are all mapped out where the tour company will, will carry, you know, will get your luggage from one spot to another. So all you're doing is just walking, you know, through the countryside, um, right. the same with you know independent bike tours. So it's um, there's a lot more opportunity for people who want to be outside and do more outdoor activities. Right. And with COVID, you know that's even more of the situation now where people feel comfortable traveling, experiencing things on the outdoors in smaller groups. Yeah, yeah, I think this outdoors, I think, is something that's become very popular, and uh, I, I like that. You know, I mean, I think that sort of you know, especially now that uh, you know, dealing even though you, you know we we want to be socially not so distant from each other. I think being outside, I think uh, it's been shown <laughs> from a mental health perspective to, you know, really uh, bring a lot of peace and tranquility and a sense of uh, uh, just calm for a lot of people, including me. So I think that those sorts of vacations would be great. And and and, they're, and, they're, and again, those are the most popular. I mean, if you, even if you're looking at your tour groups and, and where they go, it's, you know, it's going through the mountains, you know, it's going through, you know, these incredible, you know, the architecture, but even then just being outside, I mean, just, you know, the landscapes are so different all around the world and, right. and, and the vegetation and the animals and just being able to see things in their natural environment is, is you can't explain it. 
And right. so it's uh, that's why it's important to really take the opportunity and, and not rush through it. You know, now, again, there's some people that want to get on a train and just look out the train window and just go, you know, across the whole continent. Um, and that's not bad either. I mean, there's a lot of different, you know, uh, train experiences, you know, with COVID have become more popular as well, too. Not just, you know, in terms of the long ones, but like even the uh, independent trains, you know, you, you know, and the rail system in Europe is first class. You mm-hmm. can get on and get off anywhere. And you could do that as an independent tour where you just map out, I'm going to get a, a rail pass, you know, for a short period of time, maybe three weeks, I can get on and get off. I'll pick out some cities. And again, this cold, cold, could be prearranged. So you don't have to worry about where I'm going to stay. They've already been picked out and, and, and people are expecting you and as well as the tour guides. So you could have, you could arrange for somebody to spend the afternoon giving you a downtown tour. And then you could have somebody else giving you an evening tour if that's something, or if you want to go see an exhibit, um, you have that prearranged as well. Yeah. Yeah. I think one of my lessons though, as you were talking about these self-drive tours is to really, uh, <laughs> do homework in terms of how long it takes to drive between locations. That was, uh, you know, uh, years ago when I was on vacation in in Spain with one of my brothers, um, uh, we were driving across Spain and I'm like, oh, okay. The planes in Spain are, <laughs> are bigger than I thought. Yeah, and uh, it, it was, uh, it was a spectacular, you know, uh, Vista as we were going from Parador to Parador, we were, you know, I remember, you know, being at the, this one place was a, a you know, on a cliff and just looking out over, you know, vast plains was spectacular, but realizing how long it would take <laughs> to get to Barcelona was like, okay, <laughs> you know, so, and yeah, so that way, you know, um, going back to your previous point about not over planning, you know, trying to do too much, you, you're trying, you, you're afraid you're going to miss something, right? Yeah. And, and again, I think, again, talking to, you know, people that have insights on the local environment mm-hmm. because it, it changes you know i i don't know everything about all the different places but i know who does in each place so for me as far as my resources you know I've, I've been very fortunate that i've got these contacts i've established over the years where i can say hey you know i've got i've got a client coming here i'm looking at doing this what do you recommend and they have all you know based on the shared experiences and based on what's happening now because it could have changed. You know, you could have been there five years ago and think you're going back to the same place and it's totally different. So it's not just, you know, whether you've been someplace before, but being aware of what the current situation is because, you know, the roads, construction, I mean, it could be anything. Right. A hotel, your favorite hotel is now next door to, you know, you know, the, you know a disco. You don't know that anymore. So it's right. things, things change and that's why you have to have local insight and knowledge that's current. And again, the internet's a great resource for that. Just making sure that you know you gain the right sources. Right, right. So right now, Bruce, I, I know that you're 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 still pretty busy, and people still want to get out there. But realistically, in terms of planning and giving yourself enough time to plan, how, how far ahead should people be planning for the next trip? Yeah, I think that's a great question, Ron. I mean, you know, historically, people there's some people that want to plan way in advance. There's a mm-hmm. big trip, and they want to plan four or five years out. That's fine, and I think you could do research on certain destinations. The reality is is that for flights, you can't get a flight further than 11 months out. Mm-hmm. So it's if, if you're going to want to price out a specific package, you really have to wait till you get to like the 11 months, uh, 10 months before you can really do something specifically. Now, cruise ships will, will they'll, they'll, they'll reserve a cab and you could at a set price several, you know, two years out, three years out, depending on the cruise line. So it's, you know, I tell people you can't plan too far in advance. 
I mean, you may not have all the information at your fingertips at that point, but you'll have plenty of time to ask the questions and do more research. And, and the biggest mistake people make is, is last minute travel. You know, in the old days when vacation travel first started and people were trying to promote products, they would offer this last minute discount. Mm-hmm. The problem is that, you know, with the new pricing of yield price management, the, the resorts and the airlines were all losing money because people would not book in advance. They just wait till last minute uh-huh. and the planes, planes would go out empty. So now they're saying, we're going to give you the best pricing by booking in advance. So those are the people that are getting the best pricing. They're getting the best room accommodations, the best you know, location on a cruise ship by booking early. And then the prices will start to go up as the ship starts to fill up. Uh, and a lot of good companies, you know, most of the cruise lines, if you book early, people say, well, there's going to be a discount I'm going to miss or a promotion I'm going to miss. They will let you change that new promotion if it's better mm-hmm. than the one you originally booked. With. Mm-hmm. They won't tell you that. But if you've got <laughs> but if you've got people who are doing the research and following up for you, uh, right. you can often have that. As right. The case. Right. So right now, then people should realistically, they should be thinking about, you know, 2022. I'm, I'm booking 2023. 2022 and oh. 2023. Yeah, I, 2022 is right now. We've got a problem with that, in that a lot of people had future travel credits for 19 and 20 that were pushed into you know 21 now 22. So there's, mm. there's it's pretty full right now for 2022. Wow. There's, yeah. So you really you know, Alaska now is pretty much selling out for 22. Wow. And you may okay. want to start looking at 23. But yeah, um, you definitely want to start looking now. And I'd say for the latter part of 22. First couple of months of 22 is almost too soon at this point. Wow. Wow. You. Okay. So, um, you know, I'm sure there's much more to talk about. Uh, uh, I think we're going to have to call it that for the day, you know, because uh, we'll have to have you back as things change and they will, um, you know, we'll, we'll bring you back and, and to give us the latest in travel. Cause I think that's, that's what we need to do today. And everything we need to just basically yeah, plan we didn't even talk about the hurricane today. I mean, the impact that that has. Yeah. So it's like, you know, yeah, there's always something to talk about when it comes to travel. Yeah. So uh, travel safe, travel smart, right. and have a great time. Yeah. I think that that, that uh, saying, you know, plan well, but don't predict. <laughs> you know, I think that's <laughs> that's one of the things we should know. So Absolutely. anyway, well, so Bruce, listen, thanks so much for a very informative uh, conversation. Uh, once again, folks, if you if tell your friends if they miss my conversation with Bruce, uh, today, they can still listen to it as a podcast on voiceamerica.com. Uh, just search for my show, 45 Forward. You can also find it on Apple and Google Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and other places as well. Or go to my website, roelresources.com, and again, just click on the 45 Forward tab. Uh, if you have questions, comments, or Bruce, again, the, the best way to reach you is your, uh, just to go to your website, right? Absolutely. The mindfultraveler.com. Can't go wrong with that. Okay. Ron, thank you so much. It's always a pleasure to speak with you. But, uh, like I said, I always appreciate your insight and it's great having conversations. So I hope to do it again soon. We will. We will. So folks, uh, be sure to join me again next Monday at 12 noon Pacific time, 3 PM Eastern time, when I'll be doing an encore show, as I mentioned earlier with Carol Merrick, an expert on solo aging. Uh, at a time when older adults in the U.S. are expected to age alone, a third of us are doing that. Carol uh, talks about how to plan a safe and independent older life, including travel. So if you missed my previous show, here's another opportunity to hear her advice. So until then, folks, keep moving forward, 45 forward. Thank 
you for tuning in to 45 Forward. Please join your host, Ron Roel, for another great show next Monday at 12 noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We wish you a great week. Thanks again for listening to the proceedings.